Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations, as I am here with Alex Rosenberg. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because Alex, among other things, is from the Netflix show Blown Away which for me personally is really, really cool because it's one of my absolute favorite shows on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out, definitely go and do that now. Um, But on top of that, Alex is an accomplished glassblower. I don't know what the technical exact terminology is. Um, And he is the new glass studio director at Wheaton Arts and Cultural Center, uh, which is located in South Jersey. Um, And Alex's uh, Instagram account, if anybody wants to look him up, is Rosenberg Alex, and I will put the links in the description below. Um, but Alex has described himself as a Philadelphia artist, educator, and writer with studio practice based in glass. So, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, man. Thanks so much for that intro, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm super excited. We were talking a little bit before the podcast started, and I said that glass blowing is something I've always been interested in. I actually grew up not far from Wheaton Village, and Uh, So I had a lot of experience with that and seeing it and just thinking it was such a cool, you know, kind of creative uh, field, if you will, because I don't have that type of creativity in me. And when I heard about Blown Away on Netflix, it popped up and I was like, what is this glass blowing? Okay, I'll check this out. So watched your season, thought it was great, loved the Christmas thing was even better, I thought, because it was it was quick. It was it wasn't too many episodes and it was like fan favorites and the people everybody wanted to see again. Um, So it was really cool to see you back on it. Um, you know, but let's, before we get into all that fun stuff, let's talk about your history in glass. Like, how did that start for you? Like, was it, was it a very kind of early young thing or is it something you got into it a little bit later? You know, I I don't know if anybody knows that they want to be a, I don't think I, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't true, but I'm not sure that I know anybody that was like, oh yeah, ever since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to blow glass. (laughs) Like, it's one of those weird things, especially, um, you know, as an educator, right, like people don't, um, people have to kind of try it to figure out if they yeah. like it. Um, so like, I'm really interested in facilitating that first experience, you know, where possible, because you never know, like, who's going to be the next, uh, you know, really great person in that field. So, so that's how it was for me. I, I did know that I wanted to be an artist. That's something that I was always, you know, always interested in. And, um, but I kind of fell into glass accidentally. I was a, a high school dropout living on the West Coast. Okay. And I had a roommate uh, who was who was bringing home these little blobby glass uh, nuggets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they weren't good. They were unsophisticated objects, let's just say. And um, but it sparked some curiosity in me. I think less about like the actual objects, but just the idea that this material could be manipulated by a human hand, yeah. I'd never really considered that before. I thought of glass as this really kind of industrial process that wasn't, I didn't think of it as something that an individual person would do. Yeah. And I think I was curious enough just to see like what that process was that I signed up for the class and I went and took it. There was a really accessible community college in the area where I lived where um, these classes were very inexpensive. So I went and I took the class and I tried glass, and I, I can tell you right away, I was not a prodigy. I had no um, innate natural ability. Like, I was terrible at it, just like everybody. You had um, to work really hard at it. I had to work hard, but I also, but I really liked it. You know, yeah. it was just a fun activity. And I don't, I don't think I really saw it as an art practice 
for quite some time. I thought it was more like a sport or like a game that I okay. would play. Yeah. You know, the game is like try to make this blob more regular. <laughs> <laughs> try Sometimes, to make this this yeah. ugly blob of glass like be presentable. <laughs> and it's so funny too because initially glass blowing like the plan like you may start with a plan but the glass kind of turns into whatever happens yeah. along the way. So I don't really have much of the stuff that I made during that time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at what point did that go from sort of just an interesting thing that you did, maybe on the side, something you were trying to learn and pick up to saying, actually, I, I think I could do this, like, like really do this and make like a life or a career out of this. Yeah. It's, I don't know if there's like an exact precise moment, but mm -hmm. a couple other things that happened were, um, you know, I started, I kind of got a few things in order in my life in the next couple of years, you know, and I got the high school, uh, diploma and I got accepted to a college that I wanted to go to art school that I wanted to go to. And so, and then I, I traveled back to the East coast to start going to school. And when I got there, I still thought that I was going to maybe be a painter or some kind of something that I considered fine art, yeah. you know, in my limited uh, understanding of what that could be. And when I showed up, there was a glass program there. So we, we had foundations there. So there's a first year to like try lots of different stuff and, um, fig, you know, have a little bit of that uh, serendipitous, serendipitous experience I was talking about. And I did get it, take a glass class. I was like, oh, well, I like that. I'm going to take a glass class. And then I found this unusual program where it was more like um, it's more like the transparency department, you know, than glass specifically. It was all these kind of weird sculptural and performance practices. And I those two things kind of coalesced for me yeah. a little bit. I thought I, this material and 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 kind of fine art sculptural practice could be um, one thing together for me. So I said, that's it. Um, it also seemed a little like multidisciplinary, you know, when you do glass, it's not mm -hmm. just glass, there's kind of other materials and other, other yeah. stuff that you study. And I, I kind of like that too, the idea of not having to be super tied down into like, you know, carving a figure out of a rock or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to really allow you to max out your creativity. There's so much you can do with it and so many different shapes and things you can add to it and colors and, that was that was one of the the coolest things for me and watching the show blown away um you know when you guys would get different color things or when you would dip it into something that would mold it and shape it and then you would talk about how much time you had you know before it really kind of started to hard, and then you couldn't work with it anymore and um you know like watching all of that i you know i've talked with my friends about the show who who also really like it and they would say I had no idea that you could do so many different things. You can manipulate it with so many different types of techniques and everything. So, you know, what is for you personally, like what is your favorite type of techniques to utilize or things to do? Uh, you know, what is your favorite ways? Because there's so many different types of glass. There's, I've seen sculptures, you know, um, th there's certain things people know a lot about, like, um, you know, the exhibit above the Bellagio, I think it's like the, Chihuly exhibit mm -hmm. is that what it's called yeah. yeah like people really know about that and that's like flat and really colorful and there's tall things and there's white like what type of you know meaning do you really like to work with when it comes to glass yeah and it, well that's 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 good um such a good one to bring up too because you know i think prior to blown away 
Dale Chihuly was maybe the closest thing that we had to like a recognized household name in yeah, glass. Yeah, for sure. You know? And so I think that kind of really exploded colorful and kind of amorphic, like these big um, kind of organic things layered and, uh, and, and repeated over and over again. I think that's a lot of what people think of when they, you know, when they think of what, um, yeah. what kind of glass blowing as like fine art sculpture or installation might be. And so maybe it's reactionary or maybe it's just like, just what I'm personally interested in, but like, I like working with glass that's clear <laughs> yeah. and a lot. And, um, it's not that I don't like color. I actually think color is fabulous and great. And I just, I just started learning about color chemistry because my, my new job, there's some opportunity to like melt colored glasses here. So I, yeah. I had a really great talk at Corning last week with some wonderful, helpful people about that. And I, I think I'm going to probably find myself going deep into that rabbit hole. But, um, I think it's really special for there to be an object that you can see the inside and the outside of at the same time. Like if you yeah. go through your mental lexicon of like materials in the world, there's not that much stuff like that. That's like rigid and you can see through it. It's kind of magical. And then when I think about other things that are, that have that quality, um, that are kind of ephemeral, like bubbles or smoke or water, you know what I mean? These things that are hard to hold in your hand, the idea of being able to preserve something like that or make a sculpture of that, that you can hold and, and look at for a long time. There's some poetry in that for me. Um, so that's like, I guess, thematically what I'm interested in. But like technically, I like working with the glass um, pretty thin. I, and this might just have to do with the fact that I'm an impatient person. And I like, <laughs> I don't really like working with the glass on the pipe for like four or five hours. You know, I like running through a lot of different things. And I think obviously different people have different approaches to that. But that was a little bit of my strategy on the show you know like i wanted to i didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket i kind of wanted to run through a bunch of parts and maybe get a chance to have a second try at one of them or something like that mm. you know and have a yeah. backup um yeah so, the stuff that the stuff that you did on the show where you would have like something clear and then you would put something like very dark or colorful inside of it it would make it pop so much because you would see this kind of what was interesting for me is you would take things that I feel like I've seen before and present them in a different way because everybody has seen, you know, a jar or a vase type of object and there's something in it like flowers or cookies in a jar or something. But then you would present it in a way that was so interesting because not only did the vessel look really interesting and the design was really cool, but you would put things in it that were either like jet black or bright red or something like that. So it made everything pop so much. And you just mentioned about part of your strategy. Like, so when it came to that, like, did you, did you ever like look at what other people were doing and saying, well, like, I got to do something different? Or did you just like solely focus, at least in that show and like, this is my idea and this is my concept and I know who I am and like what I'm about and that's what I'm going to present. You know, that, that's such a good, I'm trying to say <laughs> that less that, you know, Oh, that's such a good question, but that was a really good one. That was oh, really thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I, I think when I first went on the series, I had no idea if, if like who I was artistically or like what my work kind of naturally was about yeah. was going to work with that format. You know, mm -hmm. like I know 
I've had exhibitions before, you know, I've, I've made, made commissions or I've, I've made, you know, fabricated things for people, but I never worked in that format before. Yeah. So when I went on and, and did the very first one and that was, and I was looking around the shop and seeing all these people like, I don't know, making these big colorful things or things that yeah. take the whole time. I made this little, like little teeny vessel that kind of fits together and it had a thing inside of it. And I was, you know, I was relatively satisfied with how it came together, you know, given the circumstances and everything. But I was like, look, looking, you know, looking at the contrast, everything around, I was like, oh my gosh, like this, I could totally, this isn't going to, maybe this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. And then when that one was selected, you know, when that one was chosen as a, as a winner, I got a really big boost of maybe less confidence, but at least like affirmation that like, okay, how I think about this can work in this format for sure. for sure. Um, and so, and that's what I've kind of hoped to do ever since is like figure out ways that e even, even with that format and even with whatever kind of other constraint is that my, um, individual, you know, artistic voice or interest can come through in some way. And I think that's harder in some ways than other, like Christmas special, it was really fun and, and I love doing it, but you know, having another layer of constraint on top of the other stuff, it's like, okay, it's, it's going to be like Christmas related. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be this about this, you know, particular thing. It starts like narrowing it, narrowing it eventually to a point that you're like, is there room for me to have a voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is there room for your own personal creativity, you know, when you have, well, you have to do this and you have to do this and this is the yeah, this is exactly. the kind of idea of the special and everything so people are expecting a certain type of look and um you know all of that stuff but I, I at least for me that is what drew me to your work in particular was and i once again like you said i'm not knocking anything with color like stuff is so beautiful everybody created such incredible work on that show and i was in all of of all of it but what i liked was and I mean this in the, the highest complimentary way is a lot of times the simplicity of your work where I feel like you didn't hide things with just tons of color and crazy designs and all this stuff. Like it, your work felt very clean, very, very direct and straightforward. And like, this is exactly what it is. And like the idea that it was almost felt like the idea that I would picture in my head is exactly what you gave people. And I think that was really cool. Um, and something that I appreciated. And I know at least my friends who were big fans of the show that, that liked your work in particular, that's, that's what everybody said was, man, when, when Alex said, this is what I'm going to try to design, I'm going to do this. And, th and then what you presented, it was like, oh, that, that's what I thought it was going to look like. So like, <laughs> I think that was really cool. Um, and, you know, clearly, you know, people agreed, you, you know, you did really well in the show and, and clearly you were like a fan favorite with people. Um, you know, did you, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is what did you learn about your technique and about you personally and your abilities during the show that maybe you took with you after the show was over? Like, did you pick up any new tips and tricks? Did you learn anything about yourself of like, oh, wow, I didn't know I was going to be that good or I would enjoy this one thing as much as I do. So was there things that you learned about yourself while doing the show? Interesting. Definitely. So yes, definitely. And I think, some of them are more things that I learned about like how other things that I've done before translate into this weird new experience. Like what makes for doing, you know, being relatively successful. 
and, and I guess to be fair, I never won a real, you know, a glass reality TV, but you know, I've, I've always made it pretty, you know, pretty, pretty far. And, and I think important, more importantly for me is like, I've mostly been happy with the stuff that I made, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that relates to a lot of stuff that I learned. Um, so first it was like art school, you know, just like having a critique, like having this deadline and there's always, you know, you're working up until that last minute and inevitably yeah. something goes wrong. And I think you learn really fast how to, you know, showing up empty handed for, um, for a critique with, with like a professor that you admire or like a guest critic that you admire is, it's humiliating. It's a terrible feeling. It's probably pretty close to the feeling of having something, you know, broken or, or yeah. not working on a reality, reality TV show. Um, so you learn really fast to kind of adapt to that. And I think a lot of those strategies that I was mentioning, like, you know, trying to have multiple versions of something because glass, you know, glass has a steep learning curve. And when I first started trying to make things out of glass, um, the more complicated something is on the pipe and the longer it's on the pipe, the higher risk it is, right? The more time you put in, the more likely um, and the more kind of unstable it becomes. So I would always want to try to come up with like a safer version of the thing that I could, that I knew I could do first yeah. and then go back and like night before is when I'm really trying to send it <laughs> and put all those things together and how it worked out. And that, and then the same for like exhibitions as a professional, you know, you have like a deadline, people are going to be there. How am I going to make enough stuff to fill this, this space, you know? Um, so there's those things. I think another thing that was, that really served me was I, I've just for the last 15 years or so, or at least for the last 10 years, I've worked primarily with students, you know, um, mm -hmm. as the assistants in the studio. So I think I've developed something that I didn't really realize before the show, the show I, I've developed a good way, an effective way to communicate with people that are new to glass. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's, Maybe that helps with teaching too, but it definitely helps me making stuff in the shop with people that are kind of new to the material. And I really saw that when I was working in, in there with, you know, some relatively newer people, some more experienced people, but being able to communicate really well um, with those people seemed, seemed to serve me, uh, seemed to serve me pretty well. And then I think the last thing is just like, you know, it's no fun blowing glass when you take yourself too seriously. Like if you're trying, okay, if you're trying to look cool, it's not going <laughs> to happen. There, there are some, there are some people who do really look cool when they blow glass all the time. And I wish that I was one of those people, but I'm not, it's not, you know, that was one of the more interesting things was watching <laughs> that show and realizing very early on that at the end of those things, you guys were disgusting you were all very sweaty <laughs> and like and it was like oh they all need to go and shower and change their clothes i've actually i know the 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 folks at home can't see me but i've actually just come from the shop now so i'm very grateful that they're not <laughs> this is where it's good just to be audio yeah, exactly exactly but yeah you know i think um i think if one can let go of the idea that they're gonna you know be like super cool and serious yeah. and just kind of like have a good time. I don't know. I have a good time and that makes my days more fun for the most part. So 
the actual origins of that, what made you apply for the show? And, and what was that like when you got that call of that, you know, they wanted you to be on it? So I have to say, I, I'm not a person, like, I don't love the genre of reality TV. I don't think I've really watched much of it at all. I, I don't really either. <laughs> and what I thought of when I heard this thing was that, I, I guess, like, the I'd seen the real world back in the day. On Me MTV. too. That was, that was, like, my reality. Yeah, I, I used I was to watch like, that. Oh, are they going to, like make us get drunk and live in a house and like try to get us to kiss or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just thought of a really trashy thing. Yeah. But at the time in my life, when I saw that I was actually here at Wheaton, I was a fellow and oh, cool. I was just, and I, I was really, really, really broke. I had just left. I had been um, teaching and running a glass program in Philadelphia and it just wasn't, I just wasn't working out. You know, I was just, it was a hard place for me to work. And after really trying for a lot of years, I just decided to say, let's let that one go. Yeah. I I left and I didn't have any backup or safety plan. And um, I hadn't been paid particularly well for the whole thing. So I didn't really have any savings either. Um, And, you know, I decided, I don't know, I just didn't have anything I didn't really have anything on the horizon. I had this great residency at Wheaton, which gave me a lot of time and space to make stuff, um, a small stipend, and then I just didn't know what was going to happen. So I was spending my days in the studio and I was spending my night putting an application into anything that I could use the skills that I had, which are basically teaching glass, blowing glass, (laughs) you know, other glass type thing. Maybe maybe art in general stuff too. Um, trying to see what was going to happen next. And so I put my name in for the hat, uh, for the blown away thing. And I was, I was honestly shocked that they were, um, interested in me. And then when I started talking to the casting director, um, she was giving me a lot of kind of positive, encouraging feedback. And we made it, there's a few different levels, you know, different different people you'd kind of talk to a few different people and she comes back and, and tells you mm-hmm. that it's moving along and can you you know see if your calendar is going to be open for this time of the year and and this you were like yeah day. i think i'll be good <laughs> yeah i was like thankfully i actually had started teaching again i started adjuncting again at that point you know because it was a while after the application to get there and i had a great boss and uh my friend Kristen and a great institution that was salem community college and they oh, really I, let me i, I know I salem like, community I... college very well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah if you know this yeah. area it's a great yeah. place and they have a wonderful glass program and and i and i was like what if i told you that i needed to maybe disappear for up to two months in the middle of the semester could the, and i didn't know exactly how long i was going to be gone she's Would like be- are you going to prison like what are you <laughs> like what are we talking about i was like i can't tell you the first rule of it is i can't talk about it i was um, going to say yeah they probably said that you know you got to be pretty secretive about it right they're really they're they are really um intense about the, the where season. was where was blown away filmed it, it's outside of toronto in hamilton in ontario really? yeah okay. so it's about an hour kour kind of southwest of of ontario uh, and did toronto. you all like 
did you live in like a hotel together or like it a, wasn't I, together it was really like humane they just give they give you a hotel room it's really you know it's a nice hotel um you know they 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 really take care you know they you don't have to ever you don't have to worry money. about things yeah you're, you're fed it's it's and you just show up every day and, ready to go and there's this wonderful phenomenon of production assistance which like i became so dependent on because i'm already like a person who like i can't find five of my things <laughs> spread out in different places and they all know where all your stuff is every time they're like we have your glasses here's your hoodie come with me get in the van because they're so you know they're really good at getting you that's where you yeah. need to be on time. I, I work on i work on short films and stuff in the cleveland area and I, i'm just telling you like <laughs> i 100 percent agree pas are life like they keep your head screwed on straight so, so I, i'm so i'm totally with you on that so you you show up every day do you have any other do you have any sort of idea what you're going to be doing that day or is it genuinely a surprise so i don't want to ruin the magic of television for everybody yeah, I, obviously but, whatever yeah yeah but they do we do we do have a little bit more advanced notice yeah, of what yeah. the challenge is going to be not very much it's still pretty stressful there's like a a cycle you know mm -hmm. it's a few days per episode and it's like that ends up being the most in my mind the most exhausting thing is just like coming up with a new thing every time and never having yeah. a break for that like eventually when i did like the full the full season the the, the 10 episode one you're pretty like it's like emotionally and intellectually exhausted. I, I was going to say the further I, I imagine you make it in that show, the more exhausted you are because how, how at least I view it is these people that are on this show, you know, before actually knowing you, you're just, you're, you know, you teach and you work and you have a studio or you work in a studio and then you go on the show and it's like, Hey, so week after week after week, we need you to come up with super creative, gorgeous, amazing pieces of art. And you're like, Okay. Um, so I imagine it's, it's quite stressful because when you see the show, it's like, you know, the way it's presented is, Hey, here's what you got to do. And then you guys all go and draw out things. And I'm like, there is no possible way I could come up with something that quickly, like 10 seconds after they tell me about that idea. So yeah, yeah it seems it's even stressful for us to watch it. <laughs> it's, I mean, but I, but I should say too, it's also like, it's also really fun. Like it's a really fun way to expend that energy. Like, yeah, you know, and it's, it's kind of challenging, you know, it's different than it's different than teaching. It's different than making art for an exhibition. It's different than like my regular studio practice. So it's kind of, it's kind of surprising, you know, like I get to surprise myself a little bit and make some stuff. There are definitely some things that I think really fit into the types of things that I like to make in my studio. Otherwise, but there's other things that I, I don't think ever would have would have really happened if not for that um, unusual prompt or experience. That's my dog, Franklin. Oh, we have a dog in the background. I, yes. Now, is that is the dog named after Benjamin Franklin? He's not, although he is he is a Philly dog, so it would be appropriate. There's a lot of Ben Franklin stuff, but no, he just kind of looks like a Franklin. Okay, I was going to say, I grew up going to the Franklin Institute and stuff like that, so I, I know all about that area very well. Um, now... Uh, let's, you know, let's talk about that. So you, you go on this season of blown away, you do really well. Uh, of course, I don't imagine, you know, that you're kind of this like fan favorite and people really liked you and everything like that. So the show ends and you go back home and then what, right? I imagine you can't talk about it still. Yeah. You like can't, people are wondering, you know, what happened and you can't talk about it. Yeah. Nothing, you know, 
I could like kind of talk to like one or two super close people, you know, but yeah, you couldn't really talk to anybody about it. In fact, you really become close with the people on the series because they're like the only ones that you can really yeah, yeah. that have that kind of experience that you can compare to, you know. So I was really happy to, you know, keep in touch with like Deb and Janusz, you know, and 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 some of the, some of the others. We always who, wonder that as fans, like, do they keep talking to each other? Are they actually buddies with each big, other? Like Facebook uh messenger thread oh, that's cool. for a while which yeah. is so you have fun. like a group chat that you yeah. that you would just yeah. talk to each other that's cool yeah and it's like it's like you know it's like ptsd support group or something <laughs> a support <laughs> group <laughs> we, we you know we all we've all been through this thing together but no it was really funny to go back home and and also like you know st- still you know, still wasn't really making a, a great living or anything like that. Yeah. You know, life was pretty normal. I'm adjuncting. I'm doing my thing, making my work, you know, having exhibitions and and stuff like that. And then one day this Boom. thing comes on and like this switch flips and suddenly this weird kind of archaic thing that I do that I, we, I was just saying to somebody, it's like you tell me you do glass blowing. They're like, oh, like underwater basket weaving. You know, it's just kind of a funny <laughs> Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I kind of I've heard of that. That's it's like an obscure thing that people yeah. heard about, but nobody does. And it's suddenly and again, we had no idea how popular it was going to be. You it was know? huge. Yeah, it was huge. So it, it was this one day and I had a couple friends over. I was like, I get nervous about doing something. So I had I was like, oh, I'm not going to have a watch party. I'm just going to watch it by myself. Yeah. And then we were like, well, let's have a few people over. And then. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll invite like my neighborhood for, you know, maybe a dozen people came over. So a dozen people came over. We're watching this thing. And my phone, I had enough um, presence of mind to like get my social media stuff up to speed ahead of time. My phone's going up because like every time I check, it's like a couple hundred new followers, a couple hundred new followers. And, um, and then it was crazy because like for a minute, you know, you get a taste of real fame like people recognize you on the street you know when when people when everybody was watching like maybe the first couple of weeks people would stop you in the airport you know ask about excuse me are you a glass blower that's the question that's what people would ask and you're like um yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's really I, nice well, yeah clearly nice. things Nobody have blown did. up you have like almost ninety-eight thousand followers now on instagram <laughs> which is so wild i mean that's incredible like rightfully so um you know i know i've said it a bunch of times and it's totally genuine like you're, you were, you were all of our absolute favorites. Like during your season, we wow. just, we loved your work. And also like beyond that, your mentality, you just seemed like you were somebody who genuinely loved what they did. Like you, you really got joy out of it. And I think that came across. So, and, and I'm, we always wonder about that. You go home and you're just this normal guy that does this obscure, funny thing that people hear about, but nobody does. Right. And then this show comes out and it's not just that, okay, it's successful. This show was a huge, huge hit. It was like at one point, the number one show on Netflix. And so and then you it was go, my picture on there. So yes. Like, and it, your, your thing was your picture. So you just go from, you know, this guy in South Jersey doing things. And then, you know, this show is huge, right? So, you know, I'm sure people are reaching out to you and they want you to be involved with stuff. How do you navigate that when that happens, when you go from, you know, I don't want to say nothing to all, but like when you go from a relatively normal life to boom, you're, you're the face of the number one show on Netflix. Like, how do you, how did you handle that? Well, I mean, it, it's probably not, oh, hang on one second. Franklin. 
Come here, buddy. Franklin, come here. Come here. We're taking a timeout for his dog, Franklin. It's yeah, awesome. Those, leave those people alone. <laughs> some, some excitement back there. Um, Ex- excitement is always good. What kind of dog is Franklin? He's a he's a, a labradoodle. Oh my gosh, Franklin! <gasps> so yeah, go cute. Lie, go lie on your bed, buddy. Go we're lie. a dog. We're a dog family. So. <laughs> so cute. You just got a haircut too. Um, but you know, I should say it's like it, it. I don't know. It's a weird mix of like stuff kind of saved normal but then there's a new there's just this new element to everything it's like a new layer of things yeah yeah so because i still do my stuff i still until recently i'm still adjuncting um still teach you know my students are still sick of me and don't you know are tired of hearing <laughs> me say the stuff that i say um, that's funny but you know the social media one thing that really changed was the social media stuff and again i had no idea that um this kind of popular media exposure would that's how that translates you know so the the social media stuff is is cool it's it's allowed me to um work with lots of interesting people you know like real level celebrities have reached out to me which has been cool you know really interesting and and i've had lots of um commissions of of making people glass and that's a big part of my day-to-day now is making glass for people who love it and it's it's honestly not a big thing, part of what I thought my professional life was going to be. Um, and I also didn't know that it was going to last that long, you know? So when the stuff started happening, I was like, all right, better do as much of it as I can, you know, now and, and, yeah. and make the most of it. And now it's been, uh, you know, for, for, four years or so, and it's still kind of going. So, you know, I think it's, I, I need to work a little bit more about, making it a little bit more of a streamlined kind of business and professional practice and maybe having a full-time, um, helper. Yeah. Um, but right now I do, I, you know, right now I do, I, I answer everything myself and, um, and I like it, but it's been great to like, um, I've always liked giving a talk, you know, as part of my art artistic practice. And I've really liked that, that that's been a part of it, like getting invited on, on podcasts and, giving like lectures and things like that. It's a way that I really like to, uh, engage with an audience and then like making stuff, performing, you know, like giving a demonstration to the public. That's really fun too. And I don't know, it's just, um, it's really fun. I've got no complaints, you know, I'll I'll go as long if they invite me to do more stuff, I'll keep doing it, you know, because let's, let's kind of talk about like that kind of what's going on right now. So you were a fellow, like at Wheaton and now mm-hmm. you're the glass studio director, which is really amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank um, you. you know, and so what, it, what kind of entails that, like what is kind of going to be your day to day? Cause I believe, um, is it open out or is it open in April? Cause I know it's closed at different yeah, times. And stuff. We're, we're currently closed for the public and that's yeah. not super unusual. Usually there's a little bit of a downtime mm-hmm. in the winter yeah. time around the studio here, but you know, the, the pandemic has, obviously affected some stuff about the programming, but, um, it's, it is, it is really exciting. I think, um, we're kind of, the whole institution is working on a little bit of, uh, kind of developing its identity. And, and so there, there's, it's a big project right now and we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of speculation and discussion and planning about that. Um, 
But as the glass director, uh, you know, I'm kind of overseeing the creative side of the studio and, and the programming a lot. So mm-hmm. um, we want to have uh, more education programming out of here in the future. So this is like, you know, if people in this area want to come and take classes or if people want to come from far away and stay here uh, for like a residential uh, workshop, like a master class, those are the kinds of things we'll be doing. Um we have the artist fellowship program, which is the thing that I did before, which is, I, I just had such a good experience with where an artist comes and they can have a period of like a few weeks to about three months to just develop their work with kind of unlimited access to the studio and, and support from some of the staff. Um, we do uh, kind of fabrication for, for, for other artists and galleries and, and architects and things like that. Um, we have an internship program where, where people will come maybe like fresh out of school that want to get a little bit more access to this international community and get some experience cool. working in the studio. Yeah. And um, there's a few other things. I'm sure I'm, forget- I'm, sure I'm forgetting stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it really is like a multidisciplinary institution. Mm-hmm. It feels like a great place for me to do uh, the kinds of things that I want to do. And, you know, I make my studio work out of here. This is still yeah. my, my studio. So, um, that's what we were doing today. A mix of, I had a few assistants helping and we were making Wheaton stuff and then we were making Alex stuff. And it's really nice. fun to kind of seamlessly shift between those two. Now that's what you have going on now. Um, any plans for the future, anything specific you'd like to get involved with or do, or do you just kind of take it like one project one day at a time? I, I honestly would like to lower my commitments a little bit for the future. And I feel like I'm always saying this, but, you know, we had that first half of pandemic when it was pretty quiet and I yeah. was really, you know, I was staying home and, and you know, um, lo- you know, looking for stuff to do. So I was when people started asking me to do stuff again, having stuff on the calendar, I was so excited and gung ho. I was like, yeah. Future yeah. Alex is going to be ready for that. Like, <laughs> sign him up for all that stuff. And uh, now we're here, and Future Alex is spread a little bit thin. You know, present Alex is <laughs> spread a little bit thin. So, um, so I'm going to try to kind of manage it a little bit. But I have a one pretty big exhibition coming up this year. It's called Momentum, and it's at the Toledo Art Museum. And it's it's a really cool project. It's sponsored by um, Pilkington Glass which is an NSG, part of NSG, Nagoya Sheet Glass Corporation. And they make all these high-tech sheet glasses. So I'm working with some of their products where it's glass that you put electric current through and it'll do something different, like generate heat or change capacity. And I'm trying to make this uh, like a contemporary magic lantern, which is like a a predecessor of cinema, where these these images will project and they'll have kind of uh, animation. That's so cool. What the glass does. The Toledo Toledo Art Museum in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. That's like that's like two hours away from me. Well, come visit. I'm going to come check it out then. Yeah, absolutely. One year from now, I'll send I'll send you the info. Very cool. Yeah, Um, I will definitely check. You know, Toledo used to be known as the glass the glass city. You know, it's a lot of industry. Yeah, that museum is gorgeous. There, I've I've been to that museum. It's really really nice. It's fabulous, and everything about this—they're just wonderful. They've just been wonderful to work with. So I'm excited about that. I'm just wrapping up a residency from the past year at an organization called Rare in Philadelphia, which is Recycled Artists in Residence, and that's I'm dipping into a lot of these kind of concerns of environmental sustainability around glass and how we can kind of 
work with, um, you know, post, uh, post consumer and, and construction waste, Very um, cool. in an interesting way, you know, yeah. make artwork. Awesome. I, I love that. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute joy for me, um, for giving insights and thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool to get insights into the show, but also like into your process and how you came into the world and kind of what you have going on now. I think it's really, really cool. So would you mind if we did my, uh, five question Q and a let's do it. Awesome. So (laughs) question number one, what is your favorite late night snack? All right. I know these should be like bam, bam, but, um, I have a, like, I have a sweet tooth. I have a problem. So like I try not to eat after nine, but if it's going to be, it'll be like, like candy from seven 11, like a bag of M&Ms or like, okay. So you're, you're a candy person, M&Ms, gummies, all that good stuff. Very cool. (laughs) What is your dream vacation? I, you know, I love, I love doing, um, kind of outdoor type activities. So like, I love, um, I love the beach and I love the mountains. I like climbing and I like surfing. So it yeah. would, I think it would probably be probably right now it would be like a beautiful place. That's, that's warm and has warm water and has waves since it's the winter time. Love it. Uh, what is something that makes you sad? Well, honestly, when I first started the residency at at rare it is like a dump it's like a consumer like a construction material dump and part of the amazing thing about it is like we pull all this like brand new material out and use it to make stuff um but it's also sad to see like the volume of like post-consumer stuff just being like dumped and piled and there was one day that i was driving home and it's philly so like we have a litter problem in philly saw a guy in the car in front of me like throws trash like his mcdonald's trash out that i was like just like single tiered <laughs> it's like ah. it's rough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so sure. environmental yeah. um waste i guess you know and, and environmental uh crisis makes me sad <laughs> what is something that makes you happy i like experiencing this moment of wonder when you introduce somebody to like a material that they've never had a chance to work with before. So like this thing with teaching that happens sometimes where somebody discovers something of themselves or like overcomes a fear or just like does something that they've never done before. And it, it turns them. It's like childlike wonder. Um, Absolutely. What advice, what advice would you give your younger self? Stop being so, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Um, you're not going to be cool anyway, so get over it. <laughs> you're um, never going to be cool, so just accept yeah, that now. Exactly. But I think, um, but I think also like to trust your, like trust your interests, you know, trust your yeah. interests and desires. Like, you know, uh, you like, you know yourself enough to know what you're, you know, what's going to make you happy. Like, you know, fo- you know, yeah. follow, follow that, that intuition, I think. Alex Rosenberg, thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a lovely to talk to you. Absolutely. So for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>